Hi, I'm Abby Eaton. You're listening to the Everything F1 podcast, driven by fans for the fans. This is the Everything F1 podcast. Today we're previewing the Turkish Grand Prix and we're speaking to a very special guest, Abby Eaton. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we've got Joe. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, and also from the Everything F1 team, we've got Sponge. How are you doing, Sponge? All good. Thank you very much. All good. Good. Uh, and I'm really excited today because we've got a very special guest that come along to speak to us uh, about the up-and-coming Turkish Grand Prix and, of course, her illustrious career in motorsport and television. It's Abby Eaton. Hi, Abby. How are you? Hello. Good. Thanks, guys. Nice to see you all. Yeah, nice to see you. Thank you very much for coming on to speak to us today. That's all right. My pleasure. Give me something to do on the on the cold evenings, cold, dark evenings now. Yeah, it's it is. Out there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Before we get into the podcast itself, can you give us a kind of a brief summary of who you are, what you do, what you've done uh, within the, the motorsport world, uh, and why our guests would like to hear about you? Um, so yeah, Abby Eaton, uh, I guess known as a British racing driver to kind of most, but probably more kind of latterly as the test driver for the Grand Tour, um, which was Amazon's hit TV show with Clarkson. Um, May and Hammond. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of my career. Well, I started when I was ten years old in go karts. Um, moved through various different kind of uh, formulas, kind of tin tops, touring cars, and then fast forward to 2021, and I've got my first season in single seaters with W Series, which is obviously alongside uh, Formula One. Yes, brilliant, and you get to obviously uh, enjoy the circus that is the Formula One world. How are you finding it this year so far? Yeah, for me personally, it's a big learning curve. Uh, I've never raced single-seaters, so um, the kind of transition's been... It's taken longer than I wanted it to. Um, I kind of knew it was going to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the last kind of two or three races, you know, I've kind of started to get myself where I need to be. Um, It was mainly just qualifying that I need to work on this year and just, you know, my race pace is always great. I'm fine at, you know, overtaking. I'm probably one of the few that actually put some some moves on people. But, um, yeah, just extracting that last little bit out of of the new rubber and qualifying is what I've had to work on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're getting there, going in the right direction. Good. Well, we'll we'll definitely talk about that um, towards the end of the uh, podcast when we interview you. But first, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We have a Discord server and you can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. You're also listening to us on the Everything F1 podcast, so we'd love it if you could give us a five-star review or hit that subscribe button so you can get all of our latest interviews Uh, our latest podcast directly into your earlobes first and foremost so without further ado let's talk about the turkish grand prix okay uh, we'll go to you sponge first what are your expectations of the weekend i'm expecting it to be really up in the air hoping that Mm -hmm. it's really up in the air um i hope that everything gets washed away that they do on (laughs) friday so we can just have a bit of a random weekend (laughs) Because as we've said many times, the, the 
the crazier the weekends are, the better the the Grand Prix are. So, yeah. Let, let's just, I mean, let's just get Bernie Eccleston in and put sprinklers <laughs> on the side this of the track. That's what I said. That's what they need. Some, some random yeah. person to deploy sprinklers at any moment during exactly. the race. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing at the weekend? Get <laughs> <laughs> in do it. But it is though, isn't it? I mean, every single race weekend that we've had, especially the, the places mm-hmm. that have stepped in, everything that's been like, you know, even the sprint weekends, they've just thrown up such randomness. And when you've got people out of position, that's when you get brilliant Grand Prix um, and you get Lando Norris nearly winning a Grand Prix so hopefully it happens again and this time it does that'd be nice wouldn't it as, as uh, not so secret McLaren fans here at the Everything Ever One podcast we say it every week uh, it'd be nice to see uh, Lando <laughs> Norris on that top step um, Abby what are you looking forward to from the weekend just to see if it is wet um, whether these kind of adjustments and changes to the track have made a difference or not yeah. um, you know last year it was uh, it was crazy. It was like watching the cars driving on ice, um, yeah. which, you know, from a, a kind of, you know, motorsport point of view, it's quite cool to see them actually having to fight the car more. But in terms of actually being able to put some proper moves on people, it kind of hindered that a little bit. Um, yeah. Having said that, you know, seeing people spinning off left, right and centre and running running wide again was a bit random, which creates, you know, exciting viewing. But, um, yeah, I'm just interested to see kind of what the weather does, how people deal with it if it does rain again and where Hamilton if he does take an engine change or not like where he's going to be on the grid and mm. yeah lots going on yeah well if if there is any place where he could overtake and have quite a decent kind of uh, you know make up those positions Turkey's probably one of the places uh, on the rest of the calendar that he can do it isn't it I think he's going to do an engine change I think he'd be daft not to I think you know it's one of his going to be one of his stronger tracks to do it on so yeah, I would not be surprised if he does. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's got to be damage limitations. Max took advantage of that at the last race. Uh, and, well, let's talk about the Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton Championship, shall we? Because it, it is really kind of hotting up. Um, and as as we, as we just mentioned, Max did take the engine penalties at the last race. Uh, and he still placed his car in second. Um, so... A very impressive drive from him. I'm I'm thinking Hamilton wanted to be quite a few more points ahead uh, after the last race, uh, and that didn't happen. So what, what do you think his mindset's going to be going into the weekend? You know, I think probably both of their mindsets now are going to be on damage limitation and just trying to get as many points as possible. You know, they've, they've had the um, argy-bargy, if you want to call it, at Silverstone and at Monza, and... Mm. You know, both of them have shown that neither of them want to, you know, give the place up and they're, they're both going to have their elbows out to hold on to it. But I think now they're probably, you know, we're coming to the end of the season and they're having to, to think about things a little bit more carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Hamilton does have the engine change, then he's going to hope for a result like uh, Verstappen had um, previously. But yeah, I think they're both going to have their heads screwed on a little bit more from here out. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. They've, got, they've, they've certainly got to have the eyes in the back of their head as well, um, because I, the, I, I saw genuine shock through the helmet of Lewis Hamilton when he looked towards that second place car and was like, that's, oh, that's Max great, Verstappen. Right? Oh, yeah. he just, you could see the actual, his brain just explode that, that he was in that position. Um, let's go to Joe, because we haven't heard your lovely voice yet. Uh, <laughs> Joe, what, what are your thoughts on the weekend? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully... I'm saying this and dreading saying it at the same time, but hopefully seeing that maturity that I've been screaming is coming from Max any day now. Yeah. Um, 
where he kind of takes more, the more kind of seat that Lewis will. Like Abby said, he's going to get his head on straight. He's going to pay attention to what he's doing. It's about, you know, the end of the season now. Maybe maybe try and pull back a little bit instead of doing this ride or die as he goes for everything. Um, I really think this is the year where we are going to see much, much more of that. And if I say it and I've jinxed it, I'm going to kill myself. But <laughs> I think that's what we're going to see this weekend. I hope that's what we're going to see this weekend, is that much more mature head on Max. So that he, you know, at the end of the day, he needs the points. He needs to finish. We can't have any more DNS. We can't have any more scraps. He needs to get it through. So that's what I'm thinking from here. So uh, Joe is is the obvious uh, Max Verstappen fan out of the uh, out of the bunch. <laughs> so Me she too. wants him to perform well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. We've got a couple of you then. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he has shown maturity this year. Um, <laughs> but you are right. Um, he needs to kind of maybe sit back if he has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something he's probably not done in the past. Um, I don't actually think he will because I don't I, think he's. I don't think he's capable of it. Yeah, he's not programmed that way, is he? He's a hundred percent like all the time, and he can't not. And in some respect, you know, if you're, I've had it where like you're going to the last weekend and you're fighting for a championship, and you know all you need to do is finish in, like let's say like second or fourth fourth position. You just need to finish fourth, and you're going to win the championship. But you'll be in fourth, but you'll be catching third. And it's like, I don't actually need to do that move, but I can't not. And the moment Mm. you start driving differently, that's when things go wrong. So it's kind of like, you know, Max's one setting is forward all the time, I guess. Um, But yeah, I think he definitely needs to think about things a fraction more um, and think of the points in the championship. Please, Max, think of the points in the championship. (laughs) Yes, please, please. Do it for us. You've got two ladies on your side this time, uh, the Ma- uh, Max, so you, you better listen to the Everything Everyone podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, let's go into other people then, because we've got, we can talk about, obviously, the, the Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton battle all, all day, uh, but there are 18 other drivers on the track. So uh, we'll go to Sponge. Uh, as a McLaren fan, are you looking forward to the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just hope they keep keep going forward. Um, I think Ferrari are still their biggest um, concern. Yeah. Ferrari are just, I've said it before, it's just random at the moment as to whether Ferrari are going to have a good weekend or not. They kind of stumble on a good weekend and then have a bad weekend yeah. and then who, who knows what's going to happen. But I think McLaren are getting their consistency a lot more now. So fingers crossed they can be there. You know, again, as I've said before, they're kind of where Red Bull were. You know, they're, they're, on the fringes, ready to hoover up points. You know, if Max and Lewis decide to come together again, or if something happens to one of the cars, that you know they're they're usually mm. there. So, uh, yeah, I I hope that they can have another good weekend. Um, be interesting to see though at Turkey. Yeah, it will be. Uh, who are you expecting out of the two? Obviously, Danny Rick has has really kind of pulled his finger out now. This second part of the season, he's he's performing brilliantly. Um, you know, equal to Lando, really. Yeah, that, it's it's clicked, hasn't it? It's like it's like I've said that all along. I, th- I thought first half of the season Lando would go away with it, and then second half Danny, you know, he'd get used to the car and kind of drag him back. And I think that has happened a little bit, but I, st- I still think Lando's. I think there's more chance of Lando doing better this weekend. How about you, Abby? What are your thoughts on McLaren and the, and the, the driver pairing and, and their performance, kind of so far, and, and and what they can achieve this weekend? Um. 
you know, I think we expected big things from Lando anyway. And mm. I think that, or me personally, I, I kind of guessed that um, Danny would struggle in the first, well, even for a full year, really, you know, struggle the car because everyone that's driven that McLaren mm. has, they've all said how strange it is to drive. And the only, you know, Lando's very, very good in it, but he's only ever driven that McLaren or, you know, a McLaren. So, um, you know, I think he's really in tune with the car. And I think, you know, yes, Danny, as the year's gone on, he has started to get more and more in tune with the car. And I think that's great because he is a fantastic driver and he is such a cool personality. And the same with Lando. I love them both together. Um, yeah. And they're kind of, you know, the, the new breed, I guess, of, of F1 drivers that, you know, they're, they're quite personable and you can relate to them. They don't take mm. themselves too seriously, but they are so dedicated and so professional in, in the sport. Um, you know, I think I'd have to um, agree with Sponge that I think Lando's still got the edge at the moment. And, mm. um, you know, I think Danny, if he has a little bit of kind of luck or whatever on his side to pull it out of the bag to kind of out-qualify Lando, I think he, he could potentially, but... Um, I think it, Lando is still the, the fastest driver in that car for the moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I've got, probably got a slight British bias as well, even though I love Danny Rick. Um, but I, 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 I want Lando to do well this weekend. I, I think he yeah. I think he has got what he takes. Um, let's talk about the uh, the, the second uh, drivers, uh, the number two drivers for Red Bull and Mercedes then. Joe, we'll go over to you. What are you expecting from Perez and Bottas this weekend? Are they both going to be driving for Red Bull? Yes. Quite <laughs> <laughs> honestly, yes. I'm not expecting a huge amount out of Bottas. I've said it a hundred times. I, I rate him as a driver. He's very, very professional. He's amazing at what he does. I think his heart is kind of gone with that team. I just, I don't feel he's putting everything into it anymore when it comes to Mercedes. And F1 in general, mm. and driving, Yes. But necessarily for Mercedes, I don't think as much. I think he's going to enjoy himself. I think he's going to go out and do the best that he can. However, if it came mm -hmm. down to him doing something over the team, he's going to just do what's right for him, I think, at this point. And I can't I can't blame him either, to be brutally honest. After the way he's been treated throughout the years, I, I have to side with him. Just go and enjoy it, love. <laughs> Personally, I think he's been given a fair crack at the whip earlier on in the seat, you know, in in his time with Mercedes. Um, he just unfortunately hasn't competed at the level that you know a seven-time world champion and such a you know a veteran that is uh, Lewis Hamilton. He's uh, it's, got the the one of the hardest, as well as any of anyone that sits in the Red Bull second seat. Um, they've they've both got the hardest competition on on the whole grid, so it's very difficult to compete one hundred percent of the time against those. Um, what are your thoughts, Abby? Uh, obviously, you, do you know Bottas? Do you know uh, Perez? I kind of echo what Joe said. You know, Bottas, he is team Bottas, you know, until the season's out and good on him. And, you mm. know, I hope he cracks on and you know, gets some more pole positions and, you know, wins some more races to see, you know, Mercedes out um, or his, his time with the Mercedes out positively. Um and I think good on him. And you know what? I cheer him on. Like it cracks me up when I watch it. And he's like, I qualified Lewis. I can't like it. Just makes me laugh so much. But um, <laughs> you know, and and to be fair, I think you know if you look at both drivers, there are, there have been many many times that Bottas has only been like a tenth of Hamilton. And yeah, you know, a tenth makes all the difference. But like mm. it's a tenth. It's not you know it's not a massive massive gap. So he is an extremely good driver. And I think 
um, next year. I think he's going to be great as a as a number one driver. Um, yeah. Perez, he's so up and down. I never know like where to place him and where he's going to be. Um, mm. And I just want him to have that little bit more. Like I want him to be a great second driver for for Max and, and for Red Bull. Um, you know, I want him to to push Max along, but. I just think it's it's almost similar to McLaren um, situation with with Lando and with Danny. You know, I think that um, the situation is very similar with McLaren. That you know, Lando knows the car very well. Max knows the Red Bull very well, and I think whatever second driver comes in is always mm. going to struggle um, to to match them. But you know, I think he's got it in him. Just needs a bit more time with the car, I think. And you know, I think Red Bull seem pleased with him generally more so than mm. other drivers that have been in his position so hopefully he gets some more time and and you know really just gets settled into it a bit more and hopefully next year works a bit better <laughs> let's hope so uh, he, he will have a year's experience with the team obviously he's gelled quite well and and, and actually he, get, he gets along with with max quite well doesn't he um so you know it's, it's quite a good pairing i think for the red bull team um, let's go to your beloved, for, well, your father's beloved Ferrari sponge. Um, what do you what do you what do you make of them this weekend and their chances? It depends what Ferrari turns up. It's simple as that at the moment, isn't it? Really, it's, I think you know they they've done a really good job of you know bouncing back towards the front this season. Um, oh, is it a track that suits them? I would say so. Probably, mm. I don't know. It's Turkey, isn't it? Nobody, you know. <laughs> it, it's Apart unknown, from last year, really. yeah, we haven't been there since 2011, so it's it's kind of yeah, like. But I mean, what can you what can you take from last year? Not a lot. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I I really don't know. I I hope that they're I hope they're strong, but not quite as strong as McLaren. That's probably <laughs> the best way that I can put it. <laughs> the household rivalry is strong this year, isn't it? Yeah, Between you and your dad. <laughs> it's it's hard not to agree with him though when I work with him, so it's. <laughs> Charles is actually being out, kind of outscored by Carlos at the moment. Um, is is that is that something you you see will happen going into the future, Abby? What, what's your opinion on the Ferrari guys? Um, no, I think I think they're very similar actually. Um, I think Charles has had a little bit of bad luck. I think he's made some errors, uh, and I think Carlos has driven really well in a few mm. races as well. So it's kind of a little bit like yin and yang. Um, I think there's like 10, 10 points in it or something like that. What was it? Four. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think moving forward, I don't know, it's hard to call. I think they're both very similar. So it's just who gets the break and who gets the, you know, some more good luck and who has some more bad luck and, and yeah. that kind of game really. It's probably down to luck uh, than judgment. Because they're both great drivers, we know that. Um, but uh, what I've been saying all, all season is Carlos just seems to have, you know, got into that Ferrari seat, and it's like he's home. Um, much like Charles did a few years back, we, you know, it's, it's it's been Charles's home for a couple of years now. Um, but Carlos has kind of sat in that te- in, in that car and really became part of the team, and and they've seemed to have taken him under their his wing really well. Um, uh, and and it just seems like a new Ferrari to me. Um, and it. It, it hopefully will mean they're going to be out of that, that that pit that they've been in for the last few years. Should we talk about the Aston Martin team? Why not? What, what are your thoughts on Aston Martin this weekend then? They've kind of had a, a mixed bag of a season, really. Obviously, they, at the start of the season, uh, complaining about the, the the rake of the car and the, the fact that the rules, the rule changes uh, kind of affected them and Mercedes mostly. And it, they thought it was kind of a directed attack. 
um, because they had the quickest cars. Um, but they've slowly kind of got over the fact and they've been pulling out a few good uh, good races and then they've had, again, a couple of lacklustre races. It's kind of been a back and forth. Where do you think they'll be uh, this weekend, Abby? Um, I hope a little bit further up the grid. Um, again, it's kind of they have a, a good showing in one race and then they're back down again in another. And, um, you know, if you go back to last year at Turkey, Vettel had like a mega first few laps and he drove, he drove awesome. So... You know, if we can get Lance to anything similar to what he did last year, then they are going to be up at the sharp end of the grid. But again, it's just I think this year has just been really difficult in terms of like with these kind of mid grid teams for consistency as to where they're going to be. They're either really kind of high up in, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth kind of area or they're like back almost outside the top 10 sometimes. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping for good things. I've got to say that because obviously Jess Ray the Half is part of the Aston um, team. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're very much um, Team Aston in the household. The car's a beautiful car. Um, they've got the right team uh, in, in terms of drivers behind them. It's just unfortunate that they were affected so badly by the, that rule change. Let's hope that next year, ne- next year, it's it's much better. But this weekend, I'm just uh, I'm hoping for a, a pretty okay showing. One of their more positive ones for the weekend. Joe. Should we talk about Alpine now? Alpine, what are you expecting from Alpine? Oh, that is a very good question. I honestly don't know what to expect from them this weekend. Um, Alonso, I want to say, should do really well. I think he should be, you know, nearer the top of the grid come at the end of it. Alcon, I've said so many times that I do, I do think he's got a lot still to show us. I think he's you know, some more personal growth in there. He's going to be a fantastic driver. Um, you know, he's still really young as well. He's still got so mm. much to learn. I think, we kind of, you know, we often forget that. The problem is, it's kind of mirroring a little bit what Abby said there. This midfield this year, I think, is so close. And this is one of the other reasons why we are getting some amazing races one weekend and then, you know, they're hitting down the lower end of the grid the following weekend. And I think this is going to be another one of those tracks where that midfield battle is going to be intense mm. all weekend. And there's just no way of knowing who's going to take any benefits out of that. I, I really wouldn't know where to place Alpine, um, Alpha Tauri. I just, every time I think about it, I come up with something <laughs> else and I think, oh no, maybe, maybe it'll be this way around and maybe Gasly's going to really take but then something else hits, and I think, I just don't know where to place this mid-grid, <laughs> the mid-grid at all. I don't have a clue. It's got me so bad. Yeah, but it's exciting. It's exciting because so it's different this, every week, isn't it? Yes, that's it. it. I am really excited to see how they all fare um, in Turkey, actually. This is, I want it to be a wet race because why wouldn't you? It's always fun. However, the other half of me really wants a dry race because I really want to see how you know, the midfield play out a race like this, you know, a wider track like this. And I really want to see a dry mm. outcome so that we've got a, a really good idea of where they're all sitting this side of the season. But I just, I wouldn't even know where to place them <laughs> at this point. I don't have a clue. I don't know. It's anyone's guess where they're going to come out. Well, we won't talk about every team um, because, you know, we, we could be here all night. But is there any other, other person that you'd like to mention um, from the remainder of the grid that we haven't spoke about? We'll go to you, Abby, first, and we'll go around to every one of you just to, just to have a mention of, of an, another racer or team or, or something that you want to just touch on before we go. Move on. 
Um, so I'm probably going to steal everyone else's answer here and say Gasly. Um, ah, yes. you know, I think he is, is awesome. And I think he's really, really settled into, um, just himself. He just, he has got the maturity that kind of Verstappen needs a little bit of, I think. Mm. Um, and you know, he's, he's had a load of bad luck this year and I just want him to actually get some decent finishes under his belt and just kind of you know, consolidate the stuff that he's learned this year and, and the maturity he's shown. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for a good, or some more, but, but, you know, better results for him um, for the last few races. But, yeah, I think if it's wet this weekend as well, um, he'll definitely be up there. Even if it's dry, to be fair, he could be up there 100%. He's a great driver. Um, yeah, one that one that we all enjoy watching, uh, and we just want a repeat of last year's uh, Monza or, or something like that. <laughs> just just something to uh, to keep him his name at the top of the top of the grid and at the top of people's thoughts as well. Uh, Sponge, who haven't we spoken about that you'd like to speak about? I think we've kind of touched every, on everybody, to be honest, that I can think of, and like. You know, Abby's taken, I think, Gasly away from everybody. So <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think there's anything else. I, I mean, obviously, we we're all keenly watching as to how many times Mazza spins. So <laughs> I think that's that's the only other one really. But I mean, even he's getting better, isn't he? He's learning. So yeah, I, well, they're, they're, both him and Mick are going off a lot less. They, I mean, yeah. the, to be fair, the house looks really, really difficult to drive, and yeah. they seem to have yeah tamed it a little bit which fair play to them yeah exactly he isn't spinning as much that that website that there was set up in his name when will Mazza spin uh, next <laughs> that that's uh, probably hasn't had many hits recently um yeah. just just like the Haskar. Uh, <laughs> i wanted to mention kimi raikkonen it'll be his last year obviously he's the most experienced in 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 turkey so i'm expecting you know if it is wet for him to be to show his kind of you know, his, his mature his mature head and he, and his skill behind the wheel, you know, one last time at a track where he can actually overtake. I'm not expecting massive numbers, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm expecting him to be a positive kind of influence kind of on the back marker teams. Joe, have you got anyone you want to speak about? No, because you stole my Kimmy. Ah! <laughs> that was kind of where I was going as well. You know, his last race clearly does know how to get around this track successfully. I wouldn't expect him to be sitting with a podium, of course, um, mm. but a nice clean race, a good race with a lot of overtakes. I would love for him to just knock this one out of the park, maybe get one of his, you know, highest finishes of the season. It would be really nice to see it here. It would be. We've got to mention George for just being George. Ah, of course, yeah. How did we forget George? Because oh, Danny's Danny will not here. Go <laughs> Danny's not here. He would have been the first on the list. Danny, sorry, uh, Danny's another one of our team. We'll talk about George, yeah, because George has, has been very consistent this year. He's obviously getting into Q3 all the time, and he's, it's actually it's becoming, not boring, but it's becoming it's pretty standard for him to be starting in the top 10 and, and, and scoring points now, whereas before we were talking, oh, will he get his points this weekend? Will he, you know, will he do this? But even Nicholas Latifi has, has got a hold of that car as well, and he's, and he's been doing the same thing. So the Williams really has... Uh, you know, step forward this year, and hopefully that will continue in, into the next year as well. What, what What are your thoughts on George and and his career progression so far? Yeah, I think it was a long time coming. I think he, you know, he, he's obviously very dedicated and puts the hard work in from a very very young age. And this, mm. I think, was always gonna end in in this way. And you know, he's done all that Toto asked for of him over the last few years. Um, and I think. 
you know, that showing um, at the last round or second to last round of the end of the year, I think it just solidified everything. And it's like, right, you have got no excuse to not put him in the car now. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, he's a nice guy as well, which which helps. I just can't wait to see what happens next year. But I'm just hoping that, like, you know, he's got this break. Could you imagine yeah. if the Merck's not competitive? I <laughs> even thinking about it. So I just hope that... Um, yeah, that it's that it's still very competitive and, and that he does, you know, I want him to to work for it and to fight for it and produce some exciting racing. But yeah, I hope it's still up at the right end of the grid. <laughs> let's let's hope so. It would be such a shame for him to leave Williams on their upward spike uh, and then join Mercedes on a downward spike. That would, but that yeah. could, but drivers have done that in the past. You know, look at Alonso, for example. He's he, He's made every wrong decision that could possibly be made uh, in an F1 career. Let's hope that, as, as British fans, that, that doesn't happen for George anyway. Okay, so the Turkish Grand Prix is on this weekend. It's at the Intercity Istanbul Park. The length of the track is 5.338 kilometres, with a total race distance of 309.396 kilometres. We're going to have 58 laps, and the current record, lap record, for the circuit is actually held by Juan Pablo Montoya, and he did that in 2005, and that was in 1 minute 24.770 seconds. The first GP was in 2005 and it went all the way up to 2011, then had a, a nine-year hiatus uh, where it came back during the COVID year um, as, a, as a guest track. And obviously we've kept it for this year too. You can find the times if you're in the UK, free practice one and two on Friday, 9.30am uh, till 10.30am for free practice one, 1pm 1 till 2pm on Friday for free practice two. Then on Saturday, free practice three at 10am till 11am. Qualifying on Saturday at 1pm till 2pm. And the race, the show that we are all dying to see, uh, is on on Sunday at 1pm. So put, pop that into your phones, into your calendars. Use whatever you can to remind you of the race and what's going to be happening this weekend. And if you are in a different country listening to us, obviously adjust your times accordingly. So can we can we make a bold prediction from each of you then? First, second and third? We'll go to Sponge first. Uh, first, Lando Norris. Uh, second, Lando Norris. And third, Lando Norris. <laughs> so he'll get one of those places, you think? <laughs> yeah. No, I think first, I'm going to go Max first. Okay. I'm going to go Butter second. Okay. And I'm going to go Checo third. Ooh. Do you think there's going to be another think... coming together? No, I, I think that Lewis is going to take an engine penalty, and okay. I don't think he's going to come back strong enough. Okay. Possibly. I don't know. Could you give us a top three, Joe? Top three, Max, Hamilton, Perez. Pretty predictable. Uh, how, about, yeah, how about you, Abby? I'm going to go Max. Um, I'm going to go Lando, just to give him some love. And then I'm going yeah. to go Hamilton. Mix it up. We're going to mix it up and see what happens. <laughs> we hope so. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Hamilton. I'm going to say Max. I'm going to go boring. Hamilton, Max and Lando, because I, I just can't see them being separated. And I think this is going to be a strong track for Hamilton because he's had strong performances there in the past. Okay, I think that's pretty much all we need to chat about about the, the Turkish Grand Prix this weekend. We hope you all enjoy it. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to it ourselves. Now, as you have heard, we have got Abby Eaton here with us today to chat to us, uh, obviously about her thoughts about the Turkish Grand Prix upcom the upcoming weekend, but we also want to chat to her about her career. So let's do that right now. So, Abby, 
where did the love for motorsport come from for you? Um, so my dad used to race and he's still, he's actually just started a game um, recently, but I basically grew up around motorsport through my dad. Um, you know, mm. spent childhoods at race circuits, um, you know, bunking off school on a Friday and a Monday to travel <laughs> to, up to Knock Hill and back down again and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I watched my dad, you know, be really successful, um, have some massive crashes as well. You know, he's ticked every, every single box I think there is. And, um, you know, every time he he came in even you know if he was angry or whatever there was just so much emotion from him and and so much happiness and i just thought that's something i really want to have a go at and kind of it took a couple of years of pestering for my dad to finally kind of give in and and buy me a a, a go-kart so he got me around when i was 10 so i started off in go-karts and um i think he was hoping that i was going to be rubbish and <laughs> unfortunately it didn't quite happen i wasn't quite as he calls he wanted me to be tail and charlie um <laughs> like northern dad saying but <laughs> unfortunately right, okay. um yeah i wasn't so it kind of went from there really and it kind of it, it lined up quite well that my dad had quite a big sponsorship deal that was like a three-year contract and as that came to an end that's when he actually had time to to run me and it started so I've been in a family run team ever since I was little. Um, spent four years in go-karts and then moved into um, various different cars, all kind of family run. And then in 2015 onwards, that's kind of when I made the transition to kind of semi-pro racing, I guess. And um, yeah, it's been, well, next year will be my 20th year in motorsport, which is crazy. Wow. I don't feel old enough to have done it for 20 years. <laughs> you don't look old enough to be to doing it for 20 years i've got to be no. honest <laughs> joe have you got something to add to that question how much would you say that your father influenced your driving style probably i'm, I'm i wouldn't say that i'm a dirty driver at all and my dad he was exactly the same he would never hit anyone off or like rub someone in a particular way knowing that it will push them wide and stuff like that he's always been really respectful um mm. so i think probably that side is influenced by him um but he was probably a bit of a pushover at times as well oh in fact he 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 told me one story that the only time he's ever purposely hit someone he came off worse and he i've actually got the photo at the family home on the wall it's in a frame <laughs> he hit someone um, just like a tap to, to kind of send them wide or whatever. And the guy actually came around and ended up rolling my dad. So there's this photo of oh. like turf and mud on the, in the inside of the car. So that's my dad's like, I've never done it again since. I was like, you just need to learn yeah. how to do it properly, dad. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a very big fan um, because cool. you've kind of done everything and you've done it very, very well as well. I think my my main question is obviously you've done single seaters, you've done open wheel, you've done tin tops, you've done pretty much everything. Um, obviously you started in the MX5s, I believe. A little bit before that, so it was a Saxo back in the day, a little Citroen Saxo. I was fifteen, nice. and then from that, yeah, then I moved into the MX5s. So what what's your favourite series? I mean, obviously you've been in the the GT, the British GTs. You've done. I think you are you racing at the moment in Brick Car in the Praga. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, but unfortunately, all the remaining rounds clash with W Series, so right, okay. that's taken yeah priority over that. But yeah, so I've I've raced in in Brick Car with with the Tigers yeah. as well. 
What's what's your favourite what's your favourite series that you've raced in so far? I think in terms of kind of um, track racing, circuit racing, and you know, I'm probably sound like a broken record saying it, but honestly, the MX5s were the most fun you can you can have on track. They are so fun, and they are in motorsport terms cheap to do, um, and the level yeah. of racing you mm. get is is you know really high. Um, and there's massive grids. You know, there's like I think last year I got asked to to do some guest drives in it, and I actually couldn't because the grids were. I think they had like six people on the reserve list. Um, so yeah, I think MX5s wow. is is fantastic, and it's a great place to learn as well. You know, any novice driver that wants to get into motorsport, I'll always send them to the MX5 grid because no matter what your level and speed, you'll always have cars in front of you, behind you, um, at the side of you. You've always got someone to race, so it it does teach you a lot. Um, mm. It's almost like you know, if you rewind even further back to karting, the kind of entry, kind of younger um, level of karting is cadet karts, or I think it's X30 minis or juniors, something like that now. Um, but <laughs> because the karts are so underpowered, you have to really think about every move, and it's about keeping your minimum speed up. And it's almost like a game of chess. You know, if you position your yeah. car here, you know where the other car's going to go. And it's, you know, you've got to second guess everything. Um, and MX-5s is exactly the same. So it really does make you think more about what you're doing on track. Um, but in terms of like overall, the most favorite thing I've ever done and the thing I've enjoyed the most, and I would give everything up to, to race that is Rallycross because it is honestly ah, okay. the most fun I've ever had when I did um, the European Rallycross series. Excellent. I'm going to take you back to to Mazda MX-5 though, because you won the championship in 2014, didn't you? Um, yeah. At the the Mazda MX-5 Super Cup. What was it like to to win your, your your kind of first big championship or first championship that you that you kind of took home? Um, that was actually my second championship. The first one was 2009. Oh, was it? No, 2009. My research wasn't 2009. good. 2009. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But this one definitely meant a lot more. Um, it was the last time that I ran in in the family run team um so like my dad literally built the car my dad engineered the car with my mechanic um Chris um my mum was chief big and sani maker and team, <laughs> team coffee maker and um you know just just going away with the family it was just awesome and to be able to kind of seal the championship with them all there and like loads of my family came to watch the last race as well and it it was a kind of year where it was kind of up and down like you know i thought yeah i'm in the chance to win this no i'm not and yeah that the emotions were all over the place and then kind of going into the last race at donington i was leading the championship by 17 points so all i needed to do was just finish both races um but then my power steering failed in race one and you know if i was to pit then that would give it away so i just i had to keep going until the, the car basically gave up and the engine gave up um oh, no so I had to keep going till the end. Um, obviously pulled in because it died. Um, we didn't have any spares, you know, because we're not a wealthy family. So you know, we don't just carry spare engines around with us and stuff. And mm. so my dad rang up a scrapyard down the road and was like, "Have you got any smashed up MX-5s that run?" And the guy was like, "Yep, yeah, we've got one." So wow, um, bought it for 1500 quid and basically because i said to him i was like i don't want you to spend any money on it like you know we'll just fix this engine and he was like look i'm we're gonna have to spend money fixing it to sell the car anyway so we might as well do it now and you might still win um so they shipped this um actually it was one of the other guys in the paddock paul sheard 
he drove down and picked it up and basically my dad and uncle and mechanic Chris and loads of people in the paddock all mucked in to help swap the engine over overnight but the wow. next day I was going straight out into a race with like this engine that was just out of a road car mx5 didn't know if it was going to work <laughs> properly or not like I didn't know what was what so before I went out and I had to start last because I finished last before mm. I went out I just said to my dad I was like I know like I'm not going to win it like I'm just going to go out and enjoy it because you know through the year when you're in a championship fight you don't really enjoy it you forget to enjoy it because of the kind of pressure and you know making sure you don't make mistakes and stuff like that so I went out and I it's the best I've ever driven like I was a second and a half quicker than anyone on the on the track and and the engine was slow like don't get me wrong yet like I was going down the straight like looking at the pit wall like oh my god this thing's a dog but um, no. I was on such a mission and, <laughs> and the, the guys in like the top six were just battling constantly so they were slowing each other up as well um, and I just needed to finish fourth or like just behind the guy that was second in the championship and I got up to just behind him and I was like sweet right I can just chill now this is what I mentioned <laughs> earlier about if you like change your driving so I was like yeah. I'm not going to attack even though I'm a lot faster but I'll just I literally just sit behind them and then um this other guy that had made some kind of derogatory comments through the year who was behind me just hit me off just into Redgate turn one at Donington oh, hit me no. straight round. and um the video is actually on YouTube if you want to watch it just if you type in Abbey Eaton Donington Park um finale and I went mental I was like punching oh, no. things I'm screaming like I'm because the car like is broken like I tried to go off again and it's just one of swap ends on me so like I pulled into the pit lane, I'm just like all this emotion just come out of me. I was just crying, like screaming. And my dad, bless him, he he comes up like we've got the, the GoPro on the, the behind my helmet and he's uh -huh. like stroking my helmet like this. And like, I've got no idea, like you can't feel one someone's like stroking the helmet. <laughs> I'm just like, I've lost it, I've lost it, you know, I wasn't gonna win it, and then I did. Ooh. And then um I actually ended up winning the championship, thankfully by one point and that one point is because i got the fastest lap during the race so wow it was just it was meant to be but yeah that's why you know that win meant so much to me and you know people say to me now that you know the outcome would you go back and like do it again and like the answer is no never <laughs> will i want to repeat that weekend again because i've got so many gray hairs now like like a real em a re emotional roller coaster just in that one weekend alone Oh, it took me ages to get over it. And my poor mum and dad as well. I think it took them about a month to just, yeah, recover from it. Was there a, a massive party at the end? Um, Yeah, I I got, my friends got me really, or helped aided me in getting very, very drunk on that night. Very, very <laughs> drunk. As, it, as you should celebrate your, your championships. Absolutely. Of yeah. course, you've got to do that. You've got to do that. You'd be, it'd be rude not to. Yeah. Um. So recently you've been scouted for the Grand Tour. Obviously, well, we say recently, it's been a couple of years now, hasn't it? Um, with Jeremy Clarkson and co. So so what was it like moving from kind of racing um, and then to, to test driving, obviously, on, on those sorts of, uh, on the Ebola drone, uh, on, that, on that track uh, with, with, the, with the crew from the Grand Tour? Um, you know, it's a fantastic experience and, you know, something great to have on the CV. You know, I grew up watching all the boys on the, the TV from a really young age. So to actually yeah. work with them is something quite special. And, um, you know, some of the cars that I've had the opportunity to drive it are things that I would never, ever otherwise have the opportunity to drive and like, you know, drive them properly. Mm. Um, 
and just to see kind of all the production and and how much goes into to making a show like that it, you know i tip my hat off to every single one of them you know i really respect that they pull long hours it's pretty hard graft as well and like to be fair even with the presenters you know that it's pretty long days that they do and and they do you know kind of give it some um when they do it and um you know some of the challenges that they do when they're out in like a desert or something crazy like that like they literally are out there um mm. and i think that's why the tv is so good because you can kind of you know tell it yeah absolutely yeah it, it is it's 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 great tv to watch um i'm, I'm quite jealous of you really because as you say every, everyone watches top gear don't they you know or they did and, and then obviously they went to the grand tour and yeah, I've, I've, I've watched quite a few series of that. Uh, what has been your favourite car to drive on your time on um, Grand Tour? There are like several cars that I really enjoy driving for different reasons. Um, but I think oh, it's such a hard question. And this is, I get asked this question all the time. I like, I give a different <laughs> answer each time. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think, blame you. It's a, it's a privileged position to be in, is it, I driving know, all those know, beautiful like, cars? First world problems. Which one was the best? Um, <laughs> was it the McLaren or was it the Ferrari? Yeah. All of them. I think in terms of like outright speed and like the technology and just, you know, how jaw-dropping, probably the Senna, um, because it, it was mm. just so much faster than anything else. And such a like, it was easy to drive in terms of, you know, it just did what you wanted it to. Um, whereas, you know, something that I enjoyed driving probably equally as much, the um, Hurricane Perth Mante, you know, but I enjoyed driving it for different reasons because it's stupidly mm. loud. It's like in your face, it's obnoxious, it's Italian, um, mm. it's four wheel drive. It'll do what you want one time and then not what you want the next time. Like, <laughs> It's like a love-hate relationship with it. Um, but then you go back to like, you know, the kind of lesser cars, if you want to call it that, like the Alpine A110. They are so mm. much fun to drive. Um, and like the old school Sierra Cosi has got to have a shout out as well. <laughs> I'm so envious that you've driven the Senna. <laughs> oh, I know. It's I insane. Know. It's so good. All of them, even the Cosi. It's just like, wow. <laughs> Are you going to be on Grand Tour anymore? Yeah. Yes! Because I love watching you on it. <laughs> I can't help it. I get so excited when it's you being the new Stig. Yeah. It just makes me I just want to do a bit more of it, but they've, yeah, they've, they're just trying to wind down, I think, a little bit. Just in terms of, you know, when they, they did it fully, it was like a jam-packed schedule. So they're just, you know, they're not getting any younger. So they just do the yeah. um, the specials instead, which, to be fair, is more glamorous anyway. You know, going to these cool locations. I adore the specials. I have to admit, I yeah. do love them. But it's it was just you're such a vocal driver. I don't know if it's just because the stig's always been mute mm. or not, but for me, you can really see how much you enjoy driving each car, and I just utterly love watching it. So I yeah. had to know if you were coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had to know. There'll be another one I think out in like Christmas time. The other question that I wanted to ask is because I know you you got into sim racing a little bit as well at one stage. Where where do you put that in terms of the fun that you've had in your career? Do you, do you even register that at all? Oh, sim racing, sim racing, sim racing. <laughs> so I think we all, you know, when lockdown happened, we were all like, oh my god, we've got to find something to entertain ourselves. And I'd actually bought pre-lockdown a sim to help with w series preparation with learning circuits and stuff like that and um i was waiting for all the bits to come in and as soon as they 
said lockdown was happening, it was the day before, I rang my sim builder up because he was waiting to, he basically, um, Pro Racing Sims, really awesome um, company if you want like help on choosing what you want, um, you know, what's right for you budget wise and stuff like that. He's the guy to go to. And I rang him up and I was like, mate, we're going in lockdown. Like, is it built? And he's like, <laughs> no, we're just putting it together. And I was like, I am going to come down and I'm going to pick it up and I will just build it back at my house. I was like, I need this <laughs> in, like, in, in my house. Um, so yeah, really lucky to have that. Um, upstairs and uh, W Series ended up doing an esports kind of championship during lockdown yeah. when obviously our season got postponed. Um, and I think the thing with sim racing is it's more other people um, that can influence you can they can influence your race a lot easier than in real life um, in terms of you know yeah. hitting you off or doing stupid stuff like that. And I find it really frustrating that you'd spend like hours and hours and hours in the week in the run up to a race, you know, you do like 10, 12 hours of like prep and, you know, really just getting in dialed into these circuits. And then someone would have spun off and then like they've joined the track in front of you and hit you off. And like that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, like you wouldn't do that in real life. Like it's just it's <laughs> a game that you kind of forget it. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that I think is useful as a tool to learn and to keep sharp and to like practice techniques. Um, been on the sim a lot recently in prep for texas because i've never been to texas before um and it's good for like looking at like your brake trace so i'll always have data on so you can see exactly kind of how i'm coming off the, how i'm bleeding off the brakes and kind of throttle application yeah. and stuff like that but in terms mm. of fun like i wouldn't be like i'm gonna go and do a sim race tonight i'd rather <laughs> not <laughs> i'd rather save it and um you know i'm lucky enough to do do the real thing so i'd rather save it for that yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not a massive kind of sim racer fan either, to be honest with you. Um, but what I, <laughs> what I did find interesting about lockdown uh, is you actually became a delivery driver for for a little bit. Can you tell us a bit about that? What kind of it was it was it just the need to have to do something or? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. To be honest, it was yeah boredom, wanting to get out of the house and wanting to help. Um, and it was a friend of mine who's actually in motorsport. He runs a logistics mm. company, and obviously there was online shopping went through the roof when we were all stuck inside so the need for delivery drivers was was huge um and we actually <laughs> the full household there was five of us in the house and we all said yes to doing this job so it was driving through wow. the night from um rugby to scotland um <laughs> up to um <laughs> dundee that was the longest shift or we'd go up to glasgow um so yeah we generally start a shift at like 8 p.m. Sometimes we didn't actually leave until maybe two in the morning, all the way up to Dundee, turn around, come back home. So it was wow. pretty hardcore. And, it, you know, I, I really, really take my hat off to shift workers and, and night shift workers as well, because it is lonely on the road. It is so lonely. Um, mm. And actually the, the eSports, um, the W Series eSports series, when that started, that actually made me stop the van driving because I couldn't do it. I couldn't work through the night and then spend hours on a sim, you know, practicing and staying awake because yeah. you, you just feel hungover all the time. And it's, um, yeah, it's not pleasant, but I, you know, I thank um, my friend for the opportunity to earn money um, and also, you know, see some beautiful sunrises on the um, 74. Uh, God knows <laughs> what hour in the morning. 
<laughs> so you, but you're not planning on going back to that anytime soon no i'm not going to add that back to my to-do list <laughs> your <laughs> repertoire is going to yeah not going to be a van driver okay well that's that's fair that's fair i, just I don't blame much. you that's the problem you know it was nice to like be your own boss and like just do your own thing and choose when you wanted to nap or well, when the nap choose you know chose me to be fair um <laughs> But yeah, I would rather not sit in that position because that's all we do. We sit in that position for a very, very long time. You know, we're always in yeah. race cars, sat in that position and to sit in a van for another 16 hours, just when you're trying to train and stuff, your body's just like, why are you always sat like this? Like, do something else. Mm. Go for a run. Stand up. <laughs> well, let's move back on to the W Series then. So, because you were initially a critic of it, weren't you? Um, but, but, but kind of what, what brought you around to kind of in, thinking you'd like to compete in it? I think I was just worried that, you know, there, there's been female-based championships previously um, that have mm. been a bit of a gimmick and they've not really shown female drivers off in the best light. And I was just worried that this was going to be another gimmick. And I just wanted to see what was going to happen for the first year. And I'd spent a lot of time and effort putting together a, a race season in Australia. So my mind was kind of on that. And and also single-seaters, I've never once wanted to do single-seaters. It's never been on my radar as something mm. to kind of chase because single-seaters are just so expensive. And, you know, where do you go from F3? Well, you've got to go to F2 and then it's F1. And I'm like, that's not something that I've wanted to do. Um, right. If W Series had have been touring cars or GTs, then 100% I would have said yes immediately. Um, uh-huh. But it was too much of like a random um, avenue for me to go down. But... You know, watching that first year, I think it became apparent that, you know, the amount of investment into the drivers and into every single part of, of what goes into a championship in terms of like, you know, the engineers, the physios, um, you know, mind coaches, nutrition, like everything was covered. And obviously it's free to enter, which is a huge, huge, you know, positive, never, never actually been done before, unprecedented really. And you get a prize fund at the end of it. So, um, yeah, watching the first year, I thought actually they are doing it for the right reasons, and um, you know, I take back what I said, and please will you let me in, and they did, thankfully. What's the rivalry like in the W Series paddock, or is it like a big group of friends, albeit super competitive? It is like a group of friends, to be honest. Um, you know, there are some where, like any championship, you know, the caliber of driver that certain people might be or the, the standard of driving you might get if you're alongside someone um but you know everyone is really supportive of each other and um you know it's it there's kind of there's nothing to hide because we can access everyone's data we can access everyone's setup sheets there's literally nothing that you can be coy about um and right. i think that is like well there's nothing to hide so there's no ego like if someone's got something, you can just look at their setup sheet and try it. Like, you know, we're all doing the exact same. And, and I think that just takes away the kind of bitchiness I get that you can sometimes get in, in motorsport. Um, mm-hmm. And majority of the girls are quite nice as well. So it helps. <laughs> and you, are you competitive with, uh, obviously, your girlfriend, Jessica Hawkins? Are, are you always trying to outdo her or are you just happy to kind of be racing alongside her? No, I think, you know, we obviously if it was Jess, if it was Alice, if it was Sarah, if it was any of them, you always want to be in front. Um, but it's kind of different with Jess and I is that, you know, we're both 
together and ultimately I want her to do well because she'll be higher up the grid at the end, which means more prize money. And same with, with her and me, you know, we both want to finish up as high as we can so that, you know, we've, we've got more money to invest in ourselves. Um, and, you know, from a personal level, I want her to do well and I want her to be pleased of, with what she achieves. Of the places that you've visited, um, racing or spectating, where would be the one that you would suggest for anybody to go to as a fan to watch Formula One or any other series? You're going to know the answer to this, aren't you? If it's F1. Zambot. Ah, okay. Honestly, okay. it was incredible. Um, you know, the the fans out there are absolutely bonkers. Like, they are con- like non-stop chanting, singing, uh, flurs going off. Like, it doesn't matter, like if you're max or not like it's just constant kind of um excitement from them and i think the new layout of or the way the, the track's been kind of modified as well is you can get really really close in and you can really mm. see everything that's going on and um yeah i think definitely if, if you're going to pick an f1 race to go to 100 percent try and do zambot um and then i think probably another one which i've yet to experience which i really 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 want to is bathurst and i'd really really want to go okay. to bathurst yeah. So if I want to go, other people. Because you said Zanvor, and I know that you that you've driven, you like the GT classes and stuff like that. Have you driven GTs around Zanvor? No, before that was, they changed. No, it? just in the W series was my first time. I have okay. I have had other people that have driven in a GT car on the old track and the new track. Um, yeah. So you can ask a question. I'm, ju- I'm just interested to see like a driver's a driver's view on the old the old track and the new track because I, I feel as a as a fan because i'm big into sim racing i i i my main sim is the the old blank pan um mm-hmm. gt3 simulator so of course the competition yeah and we've got the old zandvoort on there and it's quite challenging mm-hmm. and it feels like they've watered it down to get f1 there i don't mm-hmm. know what you the, how you see it i don't think i think in terms of the um the corners that are going to provide excitement they've actually they've tried to make it more exciting um and in terms okay. of if you say water it down as in make it easier it's really not um as a driver let's say turn four for example with the herpin that's really really banked now there, do, yeah. there mm. does need to be some adjustment on it because they've done it to try and enable you know cars to go underneath um and just give another overtaking spot but what they've mm. not quite got right is the lower down the corner you are it's quite a steep drop down um and right. when you're going in there under braking, it basically locks a wheel up and it just sends you straight on, which will be into that other car if you're both going in at speed. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that needs a little bit of adjustment. But in terms of kind of as a driver, you have to roll off the brakes. So you go into that corner and because of the camber of, of the, the circuit, you can go in there like another like 10, 15, 20 mile an hour quicker what? because you just roll off the brakes and it's actually the camber of the, the track that, is giving you the grip to hold the car there whereas yeah, if it was flat yeah. you just skate straight off it so it's the same at turn yeah. four it's the same at um the last two corners with the bank in there um it actually as a driver it's it's more thrilling because you have to just trust that it's gonna hold you um and you know there isn't a way to do it other than just like roll out the brakes and hope it turns mm. <laughs> Maybe on the sim it feels easy because you haven't got or easier because you haven't got that like feeling of yeah is it gonna turn um yeah 
but yeah, definitely. It's, it's always easier on a sim, isn't it? At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, this is great. I can just dump the brake and like turn, and so much great. Whereas in real life, like if this goes wrong, that barrier is like a meter away, and like yeah. it's gonna hurt. Uh, I'm going to come away from racing now for a, for a moment. You, we've already mentioned, obviously, your, your partner, uh, Jessa Hawkins. Um, obviously, you're a proud and out lesbian driver, uh, and you're actually a driver ambassador for Racing Pride. So so what exactly does that entail for you? And obviously, it's a great obviously a cause for to try and get more more people, uh, more gay people within the sport and look after those those people in the sport. You know, I think I've always I've always been out pretty much since I came into motorsport. I think I was like seven, 16, 17, something like that. So in terms of like into the car world, it's that's all I've ever known. Um, mm. And, you know, as a, a kind of tough skinned Northern lass, like I don't like, like I'm just doing me and I just get on with, with what I want to do. And, um, uh-huh. you know, I just think that some people maybe not quite as kind of bold as I am. And it was actually Matt Bishop that asked me to be a part of it um, when we were, or there was talks of me maybe doing W series and you know I just said to Matt that you know I don't want to kind of bang that drum that much because um it's not who I am you know in terms of I don't want to um you know push it in people's face too much at the end of the day I am me I am kind of out I will never hide anything I'm open about anything I'll have conversations with anyone about uh, anything about it um but if me being part of racing pride as a kind of ambassador if that gives people confidence and kind of comfort that someone like myself can be successful in motorsport and can, you know, do X, Y, and, and Z and, and not, you know, have to hide myself, then if that inspires yeah. someone, then I definitely want to be part of it. And, you know, just recently I had um, a young girl come up to me at a charity car event I was at, and she just basically said, you know, you really helped me feel comfortable in myself and, um, no. You know, I was really worried about it. But then when I saw you and, you know, you're just so in- inspiring and, um, you know, I actually came out to like my friends and family because you gave me the confidence too. And I just thought, well, wow. yeah, it's worth doing. Oh, absolutely. Just just for one person, doesn't it? it that, that's all it needs. It's, yeah. it's well worth doing it. Yeah. And I think like in, in motorsport as like a, a wider kind of skill, you know, racing pride kind of aim to just educate and just help people. You know, I think nine times out of 10 people just want to help other people. And, but mm. sometimes there's a bit of worry that they might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or not do enough or do too much and things be taken the wrong way. So racing prize just there to kind of educate and help people to, to feel confident in having conversations with people of the community and you know what's right to say, what's not right to say or what you should be careful with. And, um, you know, I think that is just something that should be implemented across the board, really. And we did a, a training kind of conference for Aston Martin F1 team as well. Um, so we did a talk mm. with them and, yeah, it was you know really nice to be a part of. So outside of motorsport, what do you like doing? What other interests do you have that are nothing to do with racing whatsoever? I'm obsessed with dogs. Dog ah, so am I go for like walks like I'll, like steal my friend's dogs i'll go and steal my mum's dog for like a week um so yeah love dogs um love fitness based things um going rock climbing wakeboarding skiing snowboarding like anything that is just active and kind of gives me a little bit of a buzz i'm going to say i'm, I'm seeing a bit of a, a pattern here of daredevil side to you minus the dogs obviously <laughs> well depending on what breeds i guess yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, what kind of dogs were? I don't know. Yeah. I've seen some parachuting dogs before. Eh? There you go. They found you a perfect dog. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's just stuff to like. You know, we're we're kind of adrenaline junkies, our motorsport kind of based people, mm. and it's almost like we need our next fix of adrenaline. Um, and you know, the off season, it's all kind of put into fitness and working on you know getting your body right for the next year, but um you can get very bored very quickly uh so hence lockdown we were looking at like what things we could do to entertain ourselves i actually i learned to juggle i learned to moonwalk jess was trying to learn wow. how to backflip so wow we're a special breed that's it it's certainly <laughs> different to my sitting on the sofa eating cake uh... <laughs> i can do that really successfully as well <laughs> i really love cake it's, it's, it's one i've mastered <laughs> Um, well, let's bring it back onto motorsport then, just just to kind of close up the uh, the, the the interview uh, and get your opinions on on this year's. Uh, obviously, we we talked uh, briefly earlier about the the, the matchup between Lewis and uh, Max Verstappen. We ask everybody if you had five pounds to put on the championship. I think I'm, it's it's obvious who you're going to choose. Uh, if and the bookmaker in front of you, who are you, who would you put your money on to win the championship this year? Well, who I want to win and who I think probably will win. I- different but i'll put my money oh, on max. okay okay so you would put your money on max because you'd want him to win but yeah. you think that lewis will i don't know he's just very very good at very good isn't he <laughs> i just yes. hope that, yeah, i think as we touched on earlier like i just hope that max is playing it kind of not safely but like and i'm sure he is bloody hell is a, is a professional f1 driver like he will be doing everything now, I think, down to the T to, to get it right and to bring home the championship. And I really, really, really hope he does. Yeah, uh, we, we all want to see someone different on that on that kind of get, getting the trophy at the end of the year. Um, although, as a, a, you know, as a British fan, I kind of want to see also the eight championships. I don't mind if it's not this year. Um, and I'm really just happy watching the exciting racing that we've got. Um, and it going backwards and forwards between the two. So long may it continue. That's what I say. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today, Abby. Sorry for bombarding you with hundreds of questions, but while we had you here, we thought we'd ask you as much as we could. That's all right. It's going good. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, everyone of our listeners, for tuning in today. As always, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, we've also got the Discord server and we are at Join EF1 on all those platforms. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much from my two te- teammates, uh, Joe and Sponge. Thank you, Joe and Sponge. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you. And thank you very much to Abby. Thank you, Abby. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And we'll speak to you next week where we've got Perry McCarthy as a guest and we're going to be reviewing what is hopefully an eventful weekend in Turkey. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.